This is How Was Your Weekend with Wendy and Brian. Go to facebook.com slash weekendpodcast for updates or go to briankilby.com. Hey, Wendy, how was your weekend? Uh, Hey, Brian, how was your weekend? You know, it's interesting, isn't it? Did you leave your house this weekend? Uh, So I will say I am social distancing. But like I am not completely quarantined. I so there's this sweatshirt out there. I need to buy it for Brian Kilby because I feel like you deserved this shirt long before all of this current world situation has presented itself. And it says social distancing expert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I feel like you need this sweatshirt for just your daily wear. And it was it was appropriate before all of this for you. <laughs> so uh, this episode, we're recording it uh, March 22nd, 2020. Uh, so we've been sort of sporadic in our recording. Uh, uh, least. <laughs> so um, when somebody goes back and listens to this, uh, if there are people to go back to listen to this uh, here in a couple of months or a couple of years, uh, we're going through the early stages of uh, the COVID-19 um, response. Yeah, yeah, pandemic response here in the U.S. So we've been asked to uh, quarantine. We've been asked to uh, stay, keep away from groups larger than really ten people. Mm-hmm. Uh, sports have shut down. Concerts have shut concerts down. Concerts have shut down. I'm actually doing a live concert tomorrow to brighten people's day. Yes, do it. You'd be just as cool as all the music stars who have are now doing streaming live concerts to make up for the ones that have had to be canceled. That's good. It'll That's be, nice uh, to your fans. So, so this uh, our podcast is posted at my website, briankilby.com. The concert will be available there in, vi- in video form at some point. So Go watch it. It'll make you smile. I hope so. <laughs> it will. It'll it will. Be great. But, it uh, will yeah, be so, great. The world, sh- the world, it, it's really weird because uh, rarely, like, you know, in the U.S., it's a big country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget how many square miles, but it's a lot. Yep. Uh, it's like a 3 million, 3.2 million or something. It's a lot. It's a, it, we're, it, the contiguous U.S. is huge. And that's not even counting Alaska. So usually, you know, you got to deal with the weather. And, you know, the weather in San Diego is nice. You know, yeah. weather in Northeast may suck. You know, yeah. or Florida is warm. There's really no... Um, there's no uniform experience that people go through, like really, when it boils down to it. This Correct. is the first time in my life when everybody I know across the entire country and even world are going through the exact same thing at the exact, at the same, exact time. same time. I know. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. Like, I know, but there, it, it is crazy and it's, it's, it's uh, alarming. But I also, in the silver lining side of me, think, okay, how will this make us better? And hopefully a lot of good things, as much as there will be sad things, that there will be good things that come out of it uh, as a world, right? Yes. Uh, we can I, hope humankind, good humankind prevails we're gonna learn in something. situations like this. We we're are. Gonna, we're going to learn something. Uh, actually, I'm glad you mentioned that. So there's a book that I just picked up. Okay, on... not the other one that I started to read because Kilby, I'm not going to finish reading that until all this stuff is done. <laughs> so that was The End is Always Near. Uh, yeah. By uh, George Carlin, not George Carlin. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Hey, he'd be good for things at this by time. By Dan Carlin. Uh, it's it's kind of it's it's base. It's kind of like his uh, hardcore history podcast. Yes, uh, it's, it's in the vein almost of uh, Guns, Germs, and Steel by Nick Bostrom, which his at least the two books of his that I've read are basically like about the end the of the same world. Thing. <laughs> 
I I no more than listened to 15 minutes of that. And I was like, well, this is depressing. And I've only listened to 15 minutes. And then lo and behold, out in the universe, Brian Kilby. <laughs> so uh, there's a book that I have pre-ordered. Mm-hmm. And man, I wish I, it's easy for me to see the books that I bought on Audible. Let me uh, uh, see if I can find the, the Your pre-order. pre-orders aren't as easy to look. That is feedback for Audible. Actually, there's, a there's, there's a drop down. I found it. So, oh, did you? Okay. I'm uh, only looking at the app. It's This is Chance by okay. John Muellen. Okay. And it comes out uh, Tuesday. Oh. So when people are listening to this, maybe they've already heard it. Um, you can pick up a copy at briankilby.com slash Amazon if you want and help cover the cost of the show. Uh, but um, basically, it's, it's about an earthquake in Alaska in 1964 uh, that uh, was devastating. It was the it was like a, it was it, if it wasn't the if it wasn't the most uh, powerful earthquake in world history, it was like the most powerful earthquake in American history. It was like, US. Yeah. like nine point three or something. Some huge. That's massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's basically um, literally off the Richter scale. Well, yeah. Of the, you know, the Richter scale nerdy fact, the, the, the t- there is no top most score on the Richter scale. Uh, uh-huh. it, Ten is not the max. Okay. Uh, it lit- like you know, I think probably at some point <laughs> you go high on- high enough on the Richter scale scale where the Earth would literally like shear and tear. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's no max. So that that whole uh, statement is a bunch of bunk. It, it, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's a logarithmic scale. So just to go up, a, you know, a small number is a you know orders of magnitude and yeah, uh, yeah. So it's yeah. So ten. If we if we had a ten, probably everybody would die. But you know, but okay. So but in the book. It's yeah. actually very hopeful. Uh, basically, the book is about uh, the earthquake that uh, happened in Alaska and how everybody pulled together uh, and helped to, each other through helped it. each other out. So, like uh, yeah. the, the government, uh, apparently after the fact, went in expecting to you know survey like uh, how everything fell apart and society you know was you know <laughs> ended basically there. But no, uh, people use their expertise, their skills their knowledge, their compassion, and they pulled yeah. together and it, you know, it was, it was, it was amazing. Apparently I'm looking forward to reading the book. Yeah. I'm going based on an interview I, I heard on a podcast with the author. I'm uh-huh. super excited about it. That's okay. I like this. I'm, I'm okay. Well, I'll have to get this one too. Yeah. This I, is I like chance. This. this is chance. Comes All right. Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm super excited. Listen, there's always a silver lining. There's always hope and people just got to help each other out. That's yeah. all there is to it. I mean, in Nashville right now, right, it's uh, just the resiliency of people is pretty cool because, I mean, literally the tornado hit uh, caused a lot, a lot of damage, um, misplaced a lot of people. And then right on the heels of that, this just started to spread like wildfire. So, um, you know, people who are already in some distressing and tough situations are now facing, uh, you know, so where people could gather more around them and help them even more. Now it's, it's more limiting, but um, it's been really cool to see how people are helping each other out and being mindful. Um, you know, there's always some disappointing stories, but for the most part, I think people are really trying to watch each other's back and you can see people being responsible. We went for a walk. My friend and I went with a walk for a walk with her dogs today 
you know, and all of us were being very mindful of our physical distance because the dogs could meet. So the leashes between the dogs' bodies and the leashes, we were well within our our rules. But uh, you could just see people. It's this is a friendly place, it, and I live in a really friendly neighborhood. But it, you could even just see people, even that demeanor, even different and more genuine and more like look of true connection than you normally do when you're running and you tell somebody hi and acknowledge that they're there right today it was more personable so that's always nice you know um just to see people looking looking for ways to be acknowledging people differently i think it's good yeah Uh, so here um like i said i i've not we're not quarantined we're told to you know go out only when we need to yeah Uh, essentials yeah so um We've gone out and hit up all the restaurants are closed for yeah. dine in. So we've gone to some drive throughs uh, and occasionally uh, we've gone to the gas station to pick up a drink or something and yeah. or, yeah, something like that. And uh, everybody is just really nice, way yep. more nice than normal. Uh, yep. We were out. Uh, we decided to uh, go pick up something that we needed. And I can't remember what it was. But everybody kept their distance. Yeah. That, that six foot radius, or pardon me, uh, the six foot diameter. Yeah. I don't know, is it a radius? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, well, whatever. We, every, we Everybody kept their distance from each six other. Six feet all the way, all the way around. Yeah. So, uh, so that would be 12 <laughs> foot diameter. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So uh, p- basically, everybody kept that, but uh, people were like incredibly cordial. It's like everybody's in this together. People looking you in the eye again. Yeah. Honestly, people looking you in the face, in the eye again, not just walking by you, you know, not just heads down, don't acknowledge you. It's been, it's been, you know, um, like I said, lots of, of strange things, but little nuggets that if you're paying attention right now, and I think it's more important than ever just to be present, really present, you'll really see people being cool again yeah. <laughs> and neighborly again. Um, I was talking to my friend on her birthday, my friend Susan's birthday on what 16th was Monday. Uh, and her daughter is homeschooling gray. And uh, so we were just chatting on FaceTime and I don't FaceTime that much. I'll say that, but I have more now uh, just because, um, but we were FaceTiming. And so we were talking about homeschooling and how, how her mom was a teacher and all this kind of stuff and just in making light of it. And I said to Gray, I said, Gray, just imagine when you're an old lady, you get to say, I remember when I lived through a pandemic. <laughs> and yeah. she just smiled. And I said, you will. You'll be old and gray talking about this like, oh, OK, it's all good. <laughs> you know? it, it's uh, it's interesting. Actually, you know, you uh said something that I also find interesting. You mentioned birthdays and your birthday is coming up. Yes, it is later this week. The big old four, two. So, <laughs> you know, we already did uh, the podcast back in August, 42 questions with Wendy case. And we did, yeah, you uh, did so good. Kilby. You did so good with those questions. I even had friends say like you, he asked you things. I didn't know about you that have known me forever. It's, it was awesome. You did good. I need to go back and listen. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I've got another interview coming up uh, this week with somebody uh, for uh, another podcast. And uh, yeah, I need to get some pointers for myself. So that's there good. There you go. Like a little revisit. You did a good job. You did much better than when I did yours. Cool. <laughs> I, I doubt that. 
<laughs> but uh, let's ask uh, let's tack on two more questions real quick and then we'll just get in to, the spirit of the twos okay let's do it in the spirit of the twos and then oh uh, my god 2020 42 there's lots of twos happening here yeah all and right we have some other topics to talk about uh uh but we'll get into that in here in a second so wendy yes uh as far as you know you're cooped up right now you're stuck in you're stuck in um in the house you can't go out really uh, yeah. uh much so yeah. are you so are, are your uh people that were staying with you are they still there no no the people i was um housing after the hur- the hurricane t- t- my one employee would laugh at me because he kept calling a hurricane and like dude you went through a tornado uh they left saturday last saturday okay. so it's been a week without without um guests so <laughs> so when you want to when you want to uh unwind and relax what is your one guilty pleasure? Oh, geez. Um, well, okay. Oddly enough, lot two, well, almost two years ago now, my cousin turned me on to this color by numbers app on my iPad. Um, so most recently, just because I haven't been a big TV watcher, but with all this going on and having my guests, I was watching Netflix. So I binged watched Quantico. So any cop show, literally, I will sit and marathon watch any cop, spy, you name it show. But really, there is a app, a color by numbers app on my iPad that if I really just don't want to think and I want to chill out, I will just sit in color. <laughs> That's my guilty pleasure of being completely lazy. <laughs> okay. And when when you're going through this, I think we all are. Me yeah. with, with the kids, my uh, <laughs> my patience is wearing thin. But <laughs> uh, but what is the thing that you fantasize about doing when oh, you, the, when this is over? Um, going to a bar and having a drink. Okay. <laughs> and not because I'm a heavy drinker that I go to the bars that much, but I'm like, you know, there is something that when you just want to meet a friend out and get a drink, like. It's nice to just sit and have a drink with somebody. So uh, I, I think right now, I don't think that would be my most, you know, probably appropriate one. But really, just to go have a good whiskey drink and hang out with my friend. Do you have any bourbon I left? I don't do it. Th- oh, yeah. I have plenty of bourbon. Okay. We won't. We, I got anyway, This could go on for six more months and I think I'll be good. Okay. I don't. You know me. I'm not a big drinker. So the mm. stuff that's been on the cart will be there for a while. Mm, okay. okay. I talk about it more than I actually do it. Okay. Cool. Okay, yeah. so that that's my two There's questions. My two birthday questions. Happy birthday Thanks. questions. <laughs> Thanks. You are welcome. Okay, <laughs> so we're going to cover two topics. It's a very Brian centric episode. I apologize to Wendy. It's all about the Brian. Friends. It's all about the Brian. It's all good. Uh, we we've been sort of brainstorming some topics, and uh, one thing um, very specifically, I wanted to talk about. Uh, uh, a friend had emailed me. His name he will be he'll be anonymous when I read the email. <laughs> But uh, about like me keeping productivity and being productive, and uh, we're also going to do a topic that I wanted to talk about for the longest time. Uh, but as I, I was working on it, Wendy really couldn't come up with um, <laughs> any I'm examples. Sure, I'm sure my family could. I'm sure if I just let my family and friends do it, they would like just be able to fill a whole hour. But for me, I've tried to block those memories. I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so most embarrassing moments. I uh, I a couple years ago. W- it was cathartic, really. Uh, things that have bugged me for years that I found like really embarrassing, and they were, I was so embarrassed at the time. I just put them all out there on Facebook, and uh, it, 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 it was it was cathartic. And uh, 
it sort of disarmed those uh, <laughs> those memories. I don't know if I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I'll think of something it'll just bug me. Yeah, uh, because I, oh, all either, the time. <laughs> yeah, either something I did or something that happened to me, it'll just bother me thinking about it. And it's like that was years ago. Why? Why does it matter? Why well, just yeah. put it all out there? And uh, uh, you know, it, I, I felt better. So um, we'll talk about a couple of topics there. And uh, it wasn't enough to cover a whole episode, so we're going to combine the two. There we go. It's all good. It's all good. Keep it. Keep it fluid. Yes, for sure. <laughs> so uh, as as I remind people all the time, you used to be my boss. Uh, yeah. And you're an awesome boss, but I think in a way this uh, this first topic. Brian, really... Brian should be my boss now. Huh, no, <laughs> no, yeah. uh, absolutely not. Uh, so, it, but uh, this this comes down to it comes down to things that are uh, in, involved with work and life and work life balance and and things like that. Uh, but a friend of mine, uh, we were exchanging some emails. I was uh, looking for some information from him, and he. Uh, he said this. Do uh, I know this friend? Just you, so you I do can... not know. Okay. No, okay. He, he is from my uh, Transformers uh, oh, gotcha. world. I've known okay. him for years. Uh, but yeah, he is. Uh, he is. He is one of my. Uh, he. I mean, he's a real life friend, of course. But he's one of my online friends. I. I haven't. I haven't been in the same room with him in years. So. Gotcha. Uh, but he. Uh, <laughs> we were asking. I was asking him a question. We were emailing back and forth, and then just one email came through. It was like so. Serious question, Brian. How do you do it? How do you run a podcast network and have a wife and have two kids? I can't even and get a full time job. Yes. I can't even get my one blog to stay current and I have one less kid than you. And I'm like, I have three kids. <laughs> I know. And then he was I like, know you do it. Like, like, oh, and he was like, Oh yeah, yeah, I, I knew that. And I'm like, um, it's a funny it's actually it's an interesting question because it's something I think about a lot. Mm-hmm. But um I, it's not something I. It's not something I can. I can probably share tips. I can probably uh, give some insight into uh, maybe things that people could borrow. But a lot of it, it just comes down to me being weird. Okay, no, I would say it's not you being weird. I would mm. say I think. You, well, hey, we're all weird. We're all special kind of weird, and that's good. Um, but I think I. I, I ask you this. I'm going to say I think this. Is it possibly a you just have a natural ambition and curiosity about being productive prior to children already. But then is it possibly too that you find the sheer will to do the things because you now have those kids in your life and it's not that you're doing it for them, but there's just this other purpose. So you're finding a way to make it work out of not losing your passion for the thing that you love doing and replacing it with something that's given you other purpose and passion as well. Um, and you've actually managed to make sure that the thing that you love to do does not get lost in the new world, new way of living in the Kilby household. So I hope my kids don't listen to this. It's entirely, <laughs> One day they will. <laughs> it's entirely the former and not at all the latter. But I think that's okay. I think that's good because so many people would probably admit that they lose the things they enjoy because they want to be a good parent and they put their kids first, which completely is great. But I think that's, that's you know, something that all parents could really learn from because you, when you lose yourself, your kids aren't getting the full who you are. Yeah, well, I mean, I view the kids as a task. And the Brian's project plan of life, the kids are a task. They yeah. are uh, a bucket of time that I assign time and effort into, but uh, they are not um, 
is I don't want to say they're not uh, a core, you know, aspect because they are, but I don't really view things in, in the sense of this is the epicenter of everything and then I have to work around it. I just think in terms of it fits into your whole yeah way of living. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So do you remember when we worked together, mm-hmm. uh, like even if we, if we were at work and we, we had lunch together or if, you know, we had a team lunch, I'm always looking at, looking at a screen. Yeah. Uh, often my phone, but typically like a laptop. Yep. And I'm typing away. Yep. Over, I'm like just typing away. I don't have an off button. No, you don't. <laughs> I don't have an off button. It's just, I just something like I, I, one, don't turn it off. Like I'm, yeah. everything, everything is about productivity. Yeah. Whether that productivity, whether that productivity is productive or not, it could literally yeah. be something stupid. Like, yeah. but I always have to be multitasking, multi, multitasking, even if, and I, I, I haven't told many people this, <laughs> but even if the multitasking is literally just clicking around on screens so that I have some motor function to do. Yeah. I prefer to have a function that uh, that is productive and there is something that results from it. But even if it's just me on my laptop clicking back and forth between screens until something pops up that I can do, I am compelled to do it. Yeah. That's I, weird. Well, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but there's a little OCD there. Oh, there is. Oh, no. <laughs> but I, that's okay. Like, you know, everybody has their thing. And I remember... I distinctly remember when we were talking about engagement and how, like you said, I a, need to have my laptop open because I need something between me and the person. Right. I remember having that mm-hmm. conversation and I'm like, Hey, I can deal with it as long as I know. And I knew as we learned to work together, I'm like, well, you're engaged. I know you're listening to me. I know. But I remember when the team challenged you to like shut your laptop in meetings and then you would go to your phone and then they were like, you can't even like, and it's we so were hard. doing I can't do it. <laughs> I know it was so hard for you, but you, but you tried to do it and the team appreciated it. And I think, but from that, so many other people were like, Oh, what am I doing? Right. Cause like our friend Stacy, she's a doodler when you're in yeah. a meeting, she's doodling and she's being creative and that's how she zones in and focuses in onto what's happening. And some people would give her feedback that that's distracting. And that means she's disengaged and it's, not necessarily true those are the things that plug your brain in but for you it's being productive right somehow you're taking in information or maybe you're able to get to the task just as it comes in so to each their own i think it's incredible how you can do that for me i can multitask but to be pro- quality productive during multitasking i'm not a gr- i'm not great at it like i can multitask but i'm not churning out like i can't work on a powerpoint with real deep thought and concern while i'm taking oh, a no deep thought you know <laughs> while i'm trying to do a conference call and take in three emails like th- one of those things is not happening well you so, know what i mean yeah so i try to maximize my time but more than anything um i i try to i have a knack for figuring out efficient ways to do things and understand how much work is required to do them like i have a good i have a very good internal measure of how much work i have to put into something to make it happen and make it and it doesn't have to be perfect it has to be has to be really good and it has to be uh has to be very professional but um 
I just I don't I I, so I, how, I can't I can't teach it. I can't tell you how I, I was going to say. So I can't ask you what are the measures? What are the three things you ask yourself potentially to measure that? You can't I don't tell have me. It. I just look at it and it 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 just happens. You rain man and it just happens. Basically, <laughs> I love it. Okay. So, and, but also, you know, I when it comes to uh, work and things like that, part of it is just like I have an algorithm or a heuristic. Uh, I try to put in zero effort on things that I find that I think are unimportant or that I think that somebody somebody else will find unimportant. So if um, I think it's completely not relevant to in in um, in a presentation to mention something or show something or put an animation in, if it's zero, if it's zero, um, if it's completely unimportant, I put zero effort into it. And I also try to create repeatable processes that I can do as much as possible. So if that makes sense. So uh, as a project manager or in my prior world as a process person, it's a lot of documentation. It's, a, mm-hmm. you know, so I try to make my documentation. I try to do it once mm-hmm. and then I try to make it to where I can copy and paste into other documents that are relevant. And a lot of what I do is copying and pasting. Yeah. So it's, you know, it comes down to like having creating efficiencies, not being able to shut it off. And having a knack to know what needs to happen. And so priorities. So like your friend. So your friend who asked you the question, um, is he have a similar like expectations on his life? Full time job no trying to do. I didn't ask. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I like, to, 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 so here. So this is a perfect example. So uh, thinking about this, he asked the question and I said, you know what? I'll write down some notes and I'll send them your way. I think yeah. I can turn this into a podcast topic. Yeah. So I have a list of notes here in front of me, several bullets that explain point to point to point to point how this works and that I can give to him as notes. I can use here in my talking points and then I can repurpose them as podcast show notes. So it's just naturally how. But like to it wasn't like it's like, hey, friend, you know, you know, what's what's ailing you uh, in, in, in the way that I process the question? It's more, you know, it's more I know that I can't really share something with you that that you will find useful in your daily you know daily tasks so much like i can tell you to create repeatable processes but what does that mean you mm-hmm. know that that there'll be work that you know has to that he would have to do to to do that or he already does it but you know my mind immediately went to hey this is a great podcast idea so i'm going to format this as a podcast and then give you the output uh maybe it'll help you maybe it maybe it can't so i don't know but yeah like but to to your, to your question i don't know i didn't ask did you email? So did you email him the list? Yeah. Well, so I, we were going to record this like yeah. two or three a weeks week ago, ago. Or a month ago. <laughs> a week, yeah. So uh, I was going to do it once I finished them. And okay. yeah, so uh, it, it's mostly finished. I think I'm going to send them over, but okay. uh, like I'm going to do a little bit of cleaning up after we have our discussion. But, uh, but, you know, it's not just that. Like that is like at the, I think what I shared, not being able to turn it off is not healthy. One. Uh, but the rest, uh, I can't really tell you how I uh, scope out things, but I scope them out. I guess because I have a really good understanding of my skills, what mm-hmm. they are, how fast I work. It's a lot of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. It's more probably more than anything. Mm-hmm. And then just knowing that uh, that uh, I, I don't shut things off. Uh, but <laughs> uh, so did I ever tell you the story about um, the health risk assessment at work? 
This is the secret, I, this is the secret I, sauce. Possibly, uh, is- possibly, possibly not. I don't know. We've had so many conversations. It may hit me. Remember, I'm getting old. My brain's slowing oh, down. Aaron. So, but the, but this is the this is the secret sauce behind the whole thing. And I, you know, like uh, on the other podcast, you know, people will talk about me being productive and like I can't believe you do all this stuff. And listeners will say, you know, Brian, in all your free time, ha ha ha. You know, I yeah. don't know how you do all of this. Um, so. Uh, this is get this gets into the the deep dark. No, it's not dark, but the 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 weird stuff. Uh so years ago, back in two thousand six, uh, at work, uh, back then we had to do we I guess still do people have to do what what's called a health risk assessment or an HRA. Mm-hmm. You put in things like it asks you questions like, hey, what's your you know what's your weight? You know what's your blood pressure? Like, do you smoke? Yeah. Uh, like, what's your cholesterol? But then it asks like quality of life questions. Uh-huh. So I filled it out, you know, that's what I did, filled it out. And a couple of days later, I actually got a phone call at my desk from the provider of the HRA. It's like, <laughs> hey, is this Brian? I'm like, yes, yeah, Brian. Brian, I'm calling from blah, blah, blah. Uh, do you mind? Uh, we had some questions based on your health risk assessment. Do you mind taking a quiz for me? So I took a quiz over the phone at my desk. <laughs> at work. <laughs> at work. It's like, Brian, we think you're bipolar oh. based on this. I don't remember you telling me I, that. I, I, love tell, I love telling this story. I love telling this story. I remember the hypomania thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, it's the same thing. Okay. No, no, no. So, Brian, we think you're bipolar. And I'm like, I don't think I'm bipolar. But, like, it's like, you know, we'll send you, we'll send you to a shrink. We'll pay for it. Uh, you just, we just want to make sure that you're taken care of. So, um, you know, my dad was bipolar. I'm yeah. Virtually certain. He was never, he never went to a shrink. But based on his behavior and destructive habits and everything, I'm certain he was bipolar. Uh, but I went to the shrink and it was really interesting. It was enlightening. Um, so, you know, there were some obsessive compulsive things, mm-hmm. some general, as she said, it's like, I really hate diagnosing general anxiety disorder, but you know, I think that it's like, I really can't pin anything else. And I'm like, you know what? Also, how about this? So they thought I was bipolar, but I've been, you know, doing some research and I really think that I might be hypomanic. Mm-hmm. She's like, that actually makes a lot of sense. I think you might be right. So basically hypomania, so hypo yeah. under. Yep. Uh so it's it's a stage below full blown mania. So basically for somebody who's bipolar, they might have a, a manic episode that's like completely destructive. Mm-hmm. Uh they might uh they might uh you know, get upset with their family, uh in the marriage, get drunk, wreck a car. Multitude of things or, that yeah like extremes it, 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 yeah it might last like a week or something but hi, there's a lot of people that have hypomanic episodes and some people that are just hypomanic mm-hmm. um so let me think i probably should read probably should read off of uh the the hypomania description i'm going to leave some stuff out because it's not relevant but uh, yeah, yeah. uh the hypomanic uh it's a mild form of mania marked by uh, elation and hyperactivity uh so Looking at uh, there's a really good uh, description of hypomania. Okay, so uh, inflated self-esteem or grandiosity. You know, back at that point, I was horrible. Yeah. Um, I think we've all probably dealt with somebody who had a huge ego and was full of themselves. No, and yeah. never ever in my life. Well, that Not was one. Me. That was me. <laughs> I know. I'm that was horrible. Kidding. It was horrible. Uh, and yeah, I, 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 I regret that. But like, yeah, uh, my brother told me that I had a God complex. And in my mid 20s, I absolutely did. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, decreased need for sleep. Example, feels rested after only three hours. 
Yeah. You still don't sleep much. I, I mean, at all. I get about five hours, maybe four. Uh, more talkative than usual or pressure to keep talking. I, you know, like when I do talk, I talk a lot mm-hmm. and I talk fast. Uh, but I, you talk when you have something to say. I talk now. when I have something to say, but I talk now. very fast and it's pressured speech and it's pretty normal for me to do that. Um, flight of ideas or subjective experience and thoughts that are racing. Ding, 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 ding. The racing thoughts <laughs> all the time. Uh, in fact, it keeps me from sleeping sometimes. I was going to say, like, I mean, I imagine your brain as like. I like a like a hamster, not a hamster wheel, but like tray. Like, do you think of those little? Like, you think of the brain and how it looks like, like in, in the anatomy of the brain and all the different like twists and turns and everything else. And all I think is that there's a million little hamsters running around yeah. inside all those little tubes all the time in your brain, all the yeah. time. <laughs> uh, distractibility, uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, attention too easily drawn to unimportant or irrelevant external stimuli. That's you know like. Uh, if sitting and watching a movie, if I'm forced to watch a movie, looking away or paying attention to something else, yeah, uh, looking at my phone, you know, but fidget spinners, fidget, fidget spinners, boxes. having to <laughs> having to split my attention, you know, fifty different ways. But increase in goal directed activity, yes. Uh, I mean that's you know like people who know me uh know that when it comes to uh like certain activities, I'm hyper competitive, mm-hmm. uh, and I uh obsess over things that I obsess over, whether it's my toy collection, whether it's podcast stuff, podcast, anything. I, uh, I have goals and then I focus tirelessly on that one goal and let everything else go. Uh, excessive involvement and pleasurable activities that have a high potential or painful consequence, uh, unrestrained buying sprees, foolish business investments. Has anybody seen my toy collection (laughs) or just my collections of anything? So yeah. So uh, the hypomania, uh, it, like I've had periods, um, when uh, the best example I can think of, probably the two best examples, one, uh, in that period of time when I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder that I didn't have, uh, <laughs> you know, I lost what, 200 pounds in six months working out eight hours a day. Yeah. That's not normal. No, that's not normal. No. Yeah. Not. So, uh, yeah, I went from, I went from gosh, well over 400 pounds to being like, 250 pounds, but a bulky, strong, you know, close to bodybuilder, 250 pounds. Yeah. yeah. That was me running seven miles a day. I could do 20 or 30 chin ups, you know, benching over 300 pounds, yeah. uh, stuff like that. So, yeah. uh, yeah, that's not normal. And like when I was starting to do the podcast, when I brought that back and uh, when I started doing that really heavy in 2009, you know, I worked 60 plus hours a week. 70 hours sometimes on my job and I'd put in another 70 or 80, 70 yeah, you on weren't podcast. sleeping at all. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. sleeping at all. So, um, I've had a little bit of that lately and I really enjoy it. I have to say, but, uh, I know it's weird, but I really, when I hit one of those, when I hit one of those ep- uh, periods and I'm just like hyper productive, I can go back and look at all the stuff that I've done. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't recommend that. Uh, and I, I couldn't even prescribe anything to get somebody, uh, it, at to that stage, it's it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like an an unnatural I want to say uh, advantage that I have, but somebody might call it a you know a disadvantage or a disability. But it, it is what it is. <laughs> well, I think it's the balance part, right? Where they're like, where do you find the balance? And for there you, it's well, that's the thing. It's for you. There really isn't a balance. Like you, 
your balance is in escaping, not escaping is maybe not the correct word, but focusing on the things that you enjoy and then having the goals around that driving you. And then the balance on the other side, which is now your family and everything else like that just now fits into it versus I'm getting, giving up something on this side to take in this other new part. You're just fitting it all in and feeling this. You're just, you're feeling, yeah, you're feeling the, the seesaw and it's just going from one side to the next as you need it to. It's not really like, any kind of level in between. Yeah, like uh, Kim, uh, she'll tell me, like, weekends or anything are incredibly tiring because I have 30 goals that I want to do in a day. Yeah. And there's no way that, you know, that can be done. I'm like, I can do it. <laughs> yeah, and then how long has she known you? But don't tell you not to do it because then you'll just add 10 more to it. To yeah, but it's, like, it, but, it, but it's like when I have to involve other people, I can't. Yeah. But, like, if it was literally just me, you absolutely, yeah. I could. Yeah. Uh, so, but like, yeah, I view kids as tasks. I can't help it. I can't help it. It's just, it's, it's like, if I watch something with them, it's not because I have any, like in college, I took uh, a class and I had to track how much TV time I I spent in a week. I, I, in my early twenties, it was literally over a hundred hours a week watching TV. Oh, wow. Now for me, hardly at all. Yeah. For me, zero. Yeah. Like, it's the kids. You're chilling with the kids if you're watching any TV. And I'm not paying you attention are, to it. Yeah. 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 I, um, like, I watch, there's nothing I watch. Like, there's a new Star Trek series, and I've watched, like, two episodes of it. Yeah. And that was while working. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, like, I don't put time into things that I don't want to put time into. So, a question with that. As you think about, like, I feel like when we worked together, like, firefighting there would be fires and you mm-hmm. can address firefighting in your work life pretty quick. And I think you've adapted a lot because when you listen to how you describe things, right. And I look at it from my lens of um, a, a leader or a manager um, or even just even in personal life, right. When you have your goals and you're set and I'm going to do these things, right. Some people may say, Oh yeah, well he can't, he can't pivot. He can't, what if this blows up or what if this blows up and his tension now he needs to go over here. Can Brian do that? Cause for some people that like just paralyzes them because it's not on the plan. It's not part of the goal. It's not supposed to be what's happening or what's part of the, you know, what's going to get done today. But I think you still have that ability I where you can, you can adjust. It's and because that, because that, that, I feeds, that, but it feeds, but it feeds to your intellect and you know what I mean? Like for somebody to be a good fire and firefighting is not like literally firefighting, but like to there's a now a problem. It has to be solved now. There's no waiting to address it. Like, you know, for me, I, I, I can, I can flip on a dime and say, okay, what is this? What? Let's think through it. Let's go. Let's move. Um, but I think that you can do that too, but I think it's cause it plays to your like, problem solving and your intellect part of your brain is also why you're wired the way you are. Cause it's always about challenging yourself mentally. Yeah, when I like was what in- else can I do? What else can I do? Right. Why can't I think like this? How can I make it more intellectually driven? It, I know it's this simple, but how can I make it more intellectually fun? And so when fires get thrown at you, it doesn't throw off your plan. Oh no. It, you can fit it in where other people, it would paralyze them and their productivity would just come to a halt, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, Gosh, I don't want to like I'm trying to think of a job where we actually really track productivity. So um, my first job doesn't really count uh, because literally I was a phone monkey. I sat there and I took calls all day. Uh, but I will say that in the, sure. in the in uh, the in the tracking 
uh, I was always the first number one or tied for number one when it came to number of calls taken mm-hmm. you and usually by a, a wide margin. Uh, and I'm sure for you too, your quality was good too. No, uh, well, that's the thing. My, my quality is good for me and my quality was good for the customer and my quality was good for at the time what our standard was, but uh, the way that the company changed its quality standards, like two years later, I probably would have been fired. But by that time, yeah. I had been promoted to a supervisor, and it didn't matter. Yeah. But um, uh, but like uh, the next level job that I had there, uh, there was a lot of firefighting because I was it was it was not only did I take calls and escalations, I also had to fix problems and you know like working in a operations environment, things go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know things happen. And, uh, you know, I maintained a high productivity. I'm pretty sure is still the highest of anybody. Uh, but plus I managed fires when I was in store operations. Uh, I did a tremendous amount of work, uh, mm-hmm. when it came to like the, the tactical work that was done. Uh, plus, you know, all, all day long it was fires. Uh, oh, I, might, yeah. I might be at work until eight, nine, 10 or 11 o'clock, uh, addressing fires, but, uh, it was, uh, you know, I was still, I still had a high productivity. It's just, you know, just moving into, you know, when, I, when you, when you were my boss, it was in more of a strategic role and God, I hated that. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, not that I, not that I hated working for you. Not, not that. Uh, no, 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 no. It was the work. It was the type of work. But it's like, the, but I can to move productive. things forward, to move things forward and see the tangible output of them. Everything was two in, or three years of it, it, ahead. And it was right. just yeah, not. It wasn't in the minute. It wasn't operational. It wasn't, what am I handling right now? What am I handling this week? What am I handling tomorrow? It was, here's the three-year roadmap. Here's the first step in a three-year thing, right? Yeah. And you're more of a, a planner in a short-term incremental basis as opposed to like looking and seeing, oh God, the goalpost is freaking three years away. And I know all those incremental things I'm going to accomplish along the way, but the fact that you're telling me it's going to take three years when I know inside your brain, you're going, I can get there in a year and a half. This is how we can get there in a year and a half, right? There wasn't, you didn't act that way. for it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's just no patience. And it is, it's tough for people to be in a strategic deliverable space and making, you know, keeping things moving and knowing, you know, showing the big picture is always really important to see the end goal. But sometimes for people, it's better just to show them the more agile sprint type mentality of here's what's this week. Here's what's this week. Here's what's this. And before you know it, you're there, you know? Yeah. And one thing I want to clarify it's like being strategic is not something i have no patience for i love being strategic i love thinking in terms of you know what do i have to uh do to accomplish something what you know what what are our uh what are the challenges that we face how do we get there but like in a corporate strategy role you're you're literally working on something that's not you're never going to see you know literally for three years and it's Mm -hmm. like you're it's like it's like operations for something imaginary yeah, and it's painful. Um, yeah. but like, uh, I I like being strategic. I like being a project manager. Manager is not something I never wanted to do, but it's it's what I do now, and I like that it's a nice balance. Yes, I'm working towards something, but yeah. I am constantly, you know, delivering along deli- the way. Delivering along the way. So yeah, yeah. Where yep. that role specifically, it was like you know I you know we're we're trying to improve processes, we're documenting processes, and that part was you know that was that was a challenge, but um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, long and short, uh, I'm weird. I do have some defects. We all do. Yeah, but I, you know. And I don't think they're defects. I think they're just 
what makes us uniquely us. And maybe some people don't get it or maybe people don't, but I wish I could take a quarter of your productivity because I, I can be productive, but I, I, in my current role, feel like I'm constantly jumping from one thing to the next. And my plan for the day, I might be able to get the top three things knocked out if I'm lucky. Right. But there's so many things coming in constantly. And then so many team members who are self-sufficient, but because we are operators, right? We are operating. Uh, we're also trying to do change management and deliver, but I am in such an operational space every single day. What I hope is going to happen 90% of the time does not. So it's not that I'm not productive, but I'm not productive on the things that I want to see getting done every single day, which is tough for me because all I keep seeing is those things, you know, backlogging because I have to do what's immediately in front of me to keep the, the chain running while I'm trying to make people understand the train that's going on and get the train going down the new path, you know? So it can be where you would function really well in that. I function okay in that. Um, but it, there's days where I'm like, I didn't do anything where I did a lot of stuff. It's just not the stuff I wanted to right. get done. <laughs> for, for me in my current role, um, like my boss um, will ask me, you know, it's like, I know you got all this stuff on your plate, but you know, could you take this project over? And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. And like, I never say no. Yeah. Um, like that's something I've always tried to do is to never say no. And then people will be like, no, you've got to say no. I'm like, well, I don't. So yeah. far, it's not, you know, so far it's not bit me in the, you know, the foot yeah. uh, or the butt or wherever it's supposed to bite <laughs> me that's going to hurt. But, uh, but uh, for the most part, I try to, uh, if I'm asked to take on extra work, I mean, I, if, I, if I need to, I'll just flex, I, you know, things might take longer, but I can still balance it. But like, I always feel that I can do more and I never feel like I'm doing enough, but, but, you know, like I, I just, we just went through our year end, um, uh, proposed, uh, review and yeah. like, I got extraordinarily high marks. I got promoted, yeah. but, yeah. uh, I, Congratulations. thank you, thank you. <laughs> but like, I never feel like I'm doing enough. Yeah. I never feel like I, I think that's just the achiever in you. I mean, that's me too. And it's, mean, also, it's also, it's also imposter syndrome to a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that is. What it, is it's that? It's exactly what it sounds like. It sounds like, okay. you know, I'm ba- I feel like I'm faking it, you know, oh. fake it till you make it. <laughs> well, but, but I feel like I feel like an imposter. I feel like people, you know, people view me one way, and then I feel like I am inade- inadequate another way, which may fuel the way that I work. I don't know. Yeah, I think. Well, again, it's the I do. I think it's the the achiever model. So I I have to say this as we're on this topic. Um, you posted something on I don't know what, maybe Twitter, maybe something else. Um, this week or even today, possibly maybe yesterday where you were talking about. So just bringing the family piece back into this, mm-hmm. um, your three-year-old, I think it was that came in and you were working mm-hmm. and she said something to the effect of when are we going to play a game together or yes, something? And you said, I'm working. And she said, you disappoint, you were commenting on her vab- vocabulary. However, in talking in this conversation we're having right now, she said, you disappoint me. Meaning, Dad, you're doing work and your goals over chilling with me and playing this games. Is true. Oh wow, I didn't even think about it that way. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to throw that in she there did a little her way. bit. I did post a picture of me playing the game with her. <laughs> well, I'm glad because I think that was probably the wise choice to do, Dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm grateful for those little humans in your life because I think they do throw in the balance, and you'd be twice as worse 
at not turning off in some fashion, not turn, not meaning turning off completely, but just doing something differently and in, in experiencing something differently if they weren't in there doing those kinds of things. So, so. they help make me more human, I think. Agree. Uh, if, if, if somebody, if I had to describe myself though, um, it, I really am a robot. I really am. And I'm a robot who continues to do a much better and better job of pretending to be a person. <laughs> you are a person, Kilby. You just hide it from most people. I'm, I'm a robot. So, <laughs> so I, I wanted to get this in. I wanted to give Stacy credit for this. Um, I forgot even how it came up, but um, after all the crap went down a few years ago, uh, after you left, we started to do this thing, LinkedIn thing, where we would write uh, recommendations for everybody to, uh, you know, or maybe five things that we all appreciated appreciated professionally about each other that we could also repurpose for LinkedIn. Yeah. And I, it may have been that exercise, it may have been something else, but she, Stacy said, she described me as, I love this. And she, I, I confirmed that she was the one that said this recently. And she's like, it's like, well, I didn't mean it in a bad way. And I'm like, no, it's the best thing anybody's ever said. <laughs> she described me as creepy calm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for the most part, like I get excited and I'm excitable, but like for the most part, for the most part, I don't let things bother me. Yeah. And Kim hates that. Yeah. Yeah. God, Kim hates that. She says, I wish you would show some anger once in a while. Like, <laughs> some emotion. <laughs> yeah. But like I, I'm a robot. Any other thoughts about this one before we move to, to the sort of the last topic that we wanted to talk about? No, no, I think I think that the, I think you're good. I think, yeah, uh, a lot of people would be benef it'd be beneficial if we could all be as productive as you. But I need sleep. Sorry, I'm I'm a, I'm a sleeper. I don't like <laughs> I don't like waking up, but I don't like going to sleep. <laughs> like it's I often I'll wake up. I'll go to, I'll go to bed one thirty two o'clock, and you know I have to be up around six. Yeah, and that happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Sometimes you don't need a lot. Me, uh, I just a good nap. At least I get I feel better once I actually let myself sleep. I'm good. Cool. OK. <laughs> Next. Next. So so this topic, um, I, I, this probably won't take more than 10 or 15 minutes, but uh, I really wanted to talk about this because I want to think it, it's fun uh, to it's cathartic. Um, it, uh, most embarrassing moments. You really couldn't come up with any. And I mean, there are some, but none that like just. I'm sure, like I said, you talk to my family and friends, they'll come up with 50 of them. But for right. me, I can't. I, I tried to avoid a lot of that, which is, speaks to a whole other thing. <laughs> my favorite my favorite was from childhood, and, and I'll get to that in a second. But a lot of – like I had to figure out like what what constitutes like most embarrassing. Like there are a lot of things that have happened over the years, typically with my pants falling down. And oh, my niece did that right over a highway or a thing. Oh, it happens, with the happens all the time or happened all the time. <laughs> Like uh, there, I was uh, dismantling a stage for a concert that we put on, not one of my concerts back yeah. uh, in 2009. It was like 2.30 in the morning and like my – I was just pull, lifting, pulling and everything. Like my pants completely fell down and everybody saw my bare butt and <laughs> and I didn't care. And I'm like, you know, it's 2.30 in the morning. Everybody's butt looks the same at 2.30. Let's just <laughs> – and I just pulled my pants up and, and went on with your day. Yeah, it was like a bunch of people. It was people that I worked with, yeah. like in the office. But I just didn't hear, and it happens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but my uh, one of my favorite stories was uh, my, so my dad didn't work when I was a kid. After five, when he uh, speaking of bipolar, uh, he had an episode uh, when I was about five years old, and he actually spent what felt like a year or so uh, in I don't want to say the the mental ward, but effectively the, the middle facility ward. yeah yeah he yeah. was he was he uh had a he had a he had a breakdown a psychotic breakdown 
and he spent a long time away. Yeah. Um, plus, he had some sort of uh, issue with, uh, gosh, I don't even remember exactly what happened, but he had, it requ- required that he have surgery, and he just wasn't able to work anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he spent his uh, free time picking up recyclables. Uh, this was back when, like, aluminum was, like, super... Uh, Heck yeah, yeah, dude. I would go pick up cans with my dad and cash that stuff in. Okay. Heck yeah. So, like, speaking of, like, you know, being obsessive and stuff, dad dad ended up having a junkyard at the house. It was like Stanford and Son, minus, okay. the, minus the humor. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> it, it, was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. He would bring home all sorts of stuff, animals. That's how I got most of my pets. He oh, would, yeah. He would bring home dogs. He'd bring home cats. That's why I, I told you I had, like, 14 or 15 cats at one point, yeah. right? Yeah. That was, like... Yeah. That was like steady state for like 10 or 15 years. Oh, wow. But yeah, he would bring stuff home. But one day he brought home this. Um, it looked like it had been dyed. Uh, I don't think it was the original color, but it was this Reggie Jackson baseball glove. Oh. And this was like 1991, 92. So Reggie mm-hmm. Jackson hadn't played in four or five years mm-hmm. uh, at that point. I think Reggie Jackson retired in the late 80s, but he hadn't played in a while. So it was an old glove. Um, and, you know, we were poor. I don't know if I yeah. mentioned that, but like we were dirt poor. Um my house was not that I grew up in was not unlike a barn. In fact, I remember I got teased at school one day. Somebody called me a barn boy because my house was, you know, it was it was old, it was decrepit, it was, uh, it, I mean, it was it was basically a barn. But uh, one day at school, uh, we had to play softball, so you know, I I didn't have a glove other than that one, so I brought it with me to uh, to you know to play, and I, I had it, and we were playing. And after the game was over, uh, somebody walked over to me uh, who rode the bus with me. He, he was in my class. It's like, where'd you get that glove? And I'm like, uh, I yeah, bought it. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like that glove was a piece of crap. I threw it in a ditch and, you know, left it, you know, uh, to, you know, just just to rot. Yeah. Basically, it was like, I don't know where you got it, but, you know, that's, you know, it, you didn't buy that glove. And like at the time, you know, I was just like, holy crap. Uh, yeah. this this is awkward. I didn't really have a way to describe it. And even now in, in words, I don't have a way to describe really how, how I felt like it, but I was just super embarrassed. It was just, but you know, but then that goes to the whole saying, but one man's trash is another man's treasure. Oh, it, was, it was a crappy glove. It was a piece of crap. It, it wasn't a good, <laughs> but at least you had a glove. <laughs> at least had a you glove, know? but it was one of those yeah. things like it, like it publicly, I wasn't embarrassed so much, but Internally. it was like, it, but it was being publicly embarrassed. Isn't that big of a deal because it's abstracted across a bunch of people. And like, I can, not let something bother me. Like when my, my pants fell down, it was in front of like half a dozen people, a dozen people, you know, it was, it's kind of like it's distributed across everybody, but that was like a one-on-one connection. Yeah. And it was like, I was exposed. It was like, he was like, I, it's like, I know he knew how poor I was. He, he yeah. lived down the road from me. But yeah. it's like, at that point it was like, uh, it was like a uh, recognition of it. And it just, I felt exposed and naked to the world. It was, it was really awkward. Oh, boo. I don't like this kid. No, I do. He was a, he was a good guy, but uh, you know, kids are <laughs> the little the little windy in me would have kicked that kid's butt. <laughs> um, you know, like kids say mean things, but in the grand scheme of things, it could have been said that wasn't the worst. It's just it hit me funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another one. Um, again, it was more of a one on one connection. Um, because uh, being fat and everything, it that you know, I that doesn't bother me so much. You know, I've been fat. I've been fed. I've been fat. It it, it happens. It's a cycle. Uh, but I was at the Nashville air, airport a couple of years ago, oh, and uh, this it was. Res- I would say this. It resulted in a public pat down. The public pat down wasn't the really the embarrassing part. That was the 
part that was should have been embarrassing, but I spread it across and made it a funny moment. But uh, I don't even know what happened. But like we changed clothes because I hate going to the airport. Yeah. I can't tell you how much I hate going to the airport for reasons just like this. Uh, we uh, after the, the event that I was at, it was a work event. I changed into like the most comfortable clothes possible, like jogging pants, a T-shirt. There is no metal on me. Yeah. But going through uh, going through the um, metal detector, it went off. I have no idea why. They took the wand out and it went off again. Your magnetic personality. I guess so. <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, the TSA guy, probably 24, 25. Yeah. Uh, told me that, um, you know, you're going to have to go through, you know, a, a pat down. Uh, and I'm like, uh, so he, he, uh, called somebody over and he gave the guy a look. It's like, Hey, you get to pat down the fatty here. Oh. <sighs> And like uh-huh. he saw that Jeez. I saw the look, and I gave him like a, a go to go to heck, yeah. go to hell yeah. stare. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't say anything to him, but uh, it was that was just that was the moment that I was embarrassed. But then when the guy uh, came over to me, he was like, he's like, so do you want to do this in the room or I'm like, nope, we're gonna do it here in front of everybody. So I got the pat down. It was very uncomfortable. Of course you did. Of course you did, Ryan. Yeah. You're like, no, okay, dude, I'll prove myself here. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, I was, so I wasn't in jogging pants yet. I think I actually was in my work pants, but the belt, you had khakis because I remember this yeah, question. The, I had the khakis this, this on. Picture. Yeah, yeah, the picture. Yeah. But like the belt was off and everything. It shouldn't have went off. Uh, but yeah, he patted me down in front of everybody. And Stacy got that lovely picture of me with that look on my face. Look. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that was, that was that, the, the, that one-on-one connection was incredibly, incredibly uncomfortable. It made me really angry. So I well yeah, and it should have. And I I feel it's very interesting for you because when you're like when it's across the multitudes, it's not as embarrassing for you as it is one on one. Where for me, one on one's not as embarrassing as a lot of people looking at me. I hate being the center of attention. And but and when an embarrassing moment happens in front of a bunch of people, for me, that's exactly where it puts me. And I'm like, oh my god, everybody saw that. Where if it's one person, I'm like, okay, I can laugh it off a little bit easier. I think but it's still me, uncomfortable, you know what I mean? But it's I, not as bad. I think for me, I have lived a very public life for 20 years. Yeah. Like my, I'm 20, I'm 40, I'll turn 41 this year. My first job was in radio. I started that when I was uh, 19. So for 22 years, I have either been on the radio live. And when you're on the radio live, it's, it's like you're naked. Yeah. Because you can flub up, you can do whatever. And when you screw up, you have to you know, deal with it. Mm-hmm. Or I've done the podcast stuff and most of that's been live, you know, and uh, the podcast audience is bigger than the radio audience. Uh, funny enough, but it is. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, one of those things like I can deal with getting embarrassed in front of people. I can laugh about it. Yeah. But like, I'm real, I feel really exposed when it's just one other person, one other person. Um. So something that didn't happen to me and it literally, if it happened to me the way that it happened, I would have died. Uh, somebody we all know. I'm not going to name names. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even going to hint, but you and I both know this person. Yeah. We're at work, and I was getting breakfast with this person. And we were talking. Uh, he was sitting across from me, and uh, he had like a piece of bacon, and he put the bacon into his mouth, and he bit down, and one of his canine teeth broke off and fell sure, to the table this. and bounced, <laughs> bump, bump, bump across the table. <laughs> And people have nightmares 
about losing teeth. That's a common yeah. recurring nightmare that most people have. Yeah. Uh, I think we talked about that on our fear episode that some people have a gigantic fear of their all their teeth falling out. Yes. This is something that would be like a like something from a literal nightmare and uh he laughed it off. Wasn't even like an uncomfortable laugh. He's like, "Oh, look at this." Uh and he put it in his pocket. <laughs> he just what kept, me, what he else just, do you do? And he just point? kept on going. Kept eating his bacon. But yeah, like I if it happened to me, I would have literally died right there. I remember this story, and I, I'm sorry, I have to giggle a little bit because I know exactly who it is. It's horrific. That is the word. Like, there's a. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, other than other than like some of the most horrific things that happen to people, like yeah. just the things that happen, like of the things that have happened in my life, that's worse than all of them. <laughs> you could be the guy who loses his canine while eating his beloved bacon. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, that's scary it stuff. Broke and bounced across the table. And I just hope that, you know, I don't know. I'm not I, I'm not going to offer any other uh, reason for why it didn't bother him, uh, but uh, it would have literally killed me. I'm, nobody else noticed. No, no, nobody else saw. Uh, but he was also very public about it after it happened. Of course, you know, if you're missing a tooth at your work. <laughs> it's kind of hard to kind of hard to hide it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I you know, there's always things I think I block out a lot of things that I found embarrassing. I really do. And I know there's a bunch of them. Like I said, you talk to my friends and family from now and way back and they're all going to have like, oh, remember this? Remember that? But <laughs> most of them I try to block out. The most recent was, well, so my team, my team now loves to embarrass me. They know that I don't like attention. They know I don't like scenes of any kind like i'm pretty hyper professional or try to keep things professional in the office all this kind of stuff and i may have told the story probably last year but i they wanted to get me an animal for my birthday mm-hmm. and just I, I there's pictures and there's videos of me and i am bright red and i'm freaking out because i thought they bought me like a hamster or a gerbil or something that i told them i didn't want and i was traveling a lot and i couldn't have a dog and all this kind of stuff and they literally videotape me and they give me this big pet smart box and i am inside freaking out because i'm like we are in a professional office what are they doing first of all and how do i not be a that that leader who's a jerk and ungrateful at the same time. And I just remember there is a point where I am they, on the video. I am bright red and I'm like, you can't bring a live animal into the office to one of my employees. I was like, this is not funny. It's this is not okay. And I open it up. It's a fish. But still like those types of things, like that's probably the last time I was just freaking out inside embarrassed because I was like, okay, first of all, they're drawing attention to me. I don't like anybody. I hate, attention being drawn to me in a way that I'm not in like control of a little bit um, or I can control where to go and get out of the way. Um, but that one for sure. And I was like, I'm literally going to have like in my brain, in my heart, I was going, there's going to be a gerbil in here or there's going to be a Guinea pig in here. And I'm going to have to leave the office. I have to leave work in the middle of a busy work day to take this stupid animal <laughs> It was so, I was just like, oh my God. And afterwards they were, but they were so happy. And me and my brain, I'm like, this is the worst thing ever. (laughs) It's it's amazing what people, but they were like, you were so embarrassed. I'm like, yeah. And everybody's like, why? I'm like, because like it was embarrassing. (laughs) You don't bring, draw attention to me. Thanks. So thankfully I won't be in the office this year for my birthday because one of my employees loves to over decorate your space and do all this kind stuff. She loves doing it. It makes her happy. So I let her do it, but she also does it because she loves to see me uncomfortable. 
<laughs> yeah. You know, so one of uh, one of my employees. Um, no, no, not one of my employees. They they had a fish. So I'm thinking of somebody else. Uh, somebody, one of my coworkers uh, on my team, uh, one of my peers, uh, another role. Uh, they had a crab at their desk. Oh, and it like died. A, like a hermit crab or yeah. something. And it died. Ew. And it stank Ew. profusely. Yeah. See, no. I mean, obviously, I brought my fish home, and he's about to celebrate his one year anniversary with me. Um, because they're like, he's going to die. You don't care. It's just a fish. You travel. And I'm like, no, you gave me a living thing. It's going to live. <laughs> so me and the fish are very happy together after all the embarrassment and everything else. I can't, so I can't think of anything while I was working with you, Kilbs, that was embarrassing that I did, but I'm sure there was something. Now you dressed as a mummy once, but that was I did. What did I, why did I do that? It was like a Christmas party. Oh, I did. They dressed us up like we were supposed to be a snowman. They're trying oh, to make us a snowman. Was, yeah. That's right. And then whoever was my, who was ever the snowman creator did something to make sure they made it really embarrassing. Oh, for me. so it, uh, you, you, you weren't embarrassed by this and it was anonymous, but you told me, <laughs> um, there was this big presentation on, uh, I don't even remember what the presentation was, but it was basically things not to do. Oh yeah, and one of the and one of the primary scenarios during the training was one of the of things that you had to that you went through. It was uh, one of your examples. Of- oh yeah, the yeah, like I helped build the training, and I had, and then I was like, oh, I'm that person that they're calling out that yeah. did the wrong thing. Yeah, <laughs> at least I interpreted it that way. Later, they're like, no, but at the same time, I'm like, really? I feel like you told I me. I think you're right. <laughs> It's like, I feel like I was the person that they said, don't be this person. Yeah, I think you got called out. <laughs> Everybody else told me they didn't think that was the case. But I was like, mm, when I'm in this scenario reading it, it's don't be this person. Thanks so much. <laughs> that was kind of a ah, after I already helped them build everything and create the whole scenario. And then they go and make me the bad person. Nobody else in that scenario was helping. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of anything, Wendy. Oh, there's plenty. I just blocked them far, far from my memory. Cool. Hey, so now that uh, you are stuck at home for a while, do you think we'll record more episodes? I think we will. I think we should do it more often. The plan was to do it anyways, and then I was going to be traveling, and then I didn't travel, but then I was dealing with disasters. Tornadoes, yeah. So we have one. uh, We'll have to figure out how to do it uh, involving your nieces, right? Yes. Yeah. Talking about, I think, yeah, like we'll take snippets. They, if their impromptu speech or their, um, their prepared speeches that they did last year at the summer spectacular, uh, for the, the, uh, NJSA and just kind of some informative stuff. And I think we can kind of roll that into an episode just about, you know, a couple different topics. So we can take snippets from their prepared speeches that they did. One around uh, caring herdsmanship and caring for their animals, and the other one kind of around this whole impossible meat beyond meat. Oh, yeah. Uh, what that is, and it, in the scientific sense, what is it actually? And then how does that impact the industry? And I think it's kind of timely considering how critical the ag industry is right now with yeah. everything going on. Yeah. Hey, so. uh, just to th- based on that, I like that idea. Yeah. Um, also, how about uh, for an upcoming episode? Uh, we'll have to figure out which one, but maybe one, maybe together, the two of us interviews one of our kid, one of my kids. Yes, yes, I would love that. Uh, we'll have to figure out if it's going to be the three year old or the eight year old. But okay. uh, we can do one one time and one another time. Well, that that could be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think so. I think we should do that. Yeah, I think that'd be I, fun. I, I like this idea. I, I try to involve them on the the Happy Daily podcast occasionally. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, they they're going to be they're like on every, the last two Christmas albums, and I figure that the three year old is going to be doing Jingle Bells for the rest of her life. I bet for the I rest bet. of my life. Uh, <laughs> and so like like she did it at two. Uh, she did it at three, and it was a little better. So by the time she's fifteen, it'll probably be pretty good. She'll be the next Taylor Swift. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I love it. Cool. Awesome. I like these ideas. We'll do it for cool. sure. Awesome. So see you maybe next weekend. Weekend see after. you next. See you next weekend for sure. Awesome. Cool. We'll we'll All see right. you then. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to How Was Your Weekend with Winnie and Brian. Look for updates at facebook.com slash weekend podcast or go to briankilby.com. 